Welcome to another 3ABN Today program. Thank you for joining us as you do each and every day. Thank you for your love and your prayers and financial support of 3ABN as we endeavor to take this great gospel of the kingdom into all the world. Today, I have some special guests, my co-host here. I don't know if we've ever co-hosted. I don't believe you know, we have, Danny. Host and co-host together, That's but great. I have uh, Brother Dan Houghton, and uh, he's president of the Heart Research Center. And uh, Dan, it's such a privilege to have you here today. Thank you, Danny. It's a delight for me to be here as well. We've been knowing each other a long time. It has, since about 1985. Big Sky, Montana. That's right. SI, you were doing the cassettes. That's right. That's the first opportunity we had to talk about 3ABN. That's right. And I've been friends with your family and Karen, the boys, for ever since. Appreciate what you do for the cause of God. Thank you so much. And we're great supporters of 3ABN, Danny. I know you are. And speaking of supporters and people that are friends, we have Brother Mark Fenley, Pastor Mark. Hey, good to see you, my friend. It's great to have you here. And, of course, he's the, the assistant to the president of the General Conference. And Mark has worn numerous hats over the many, many years, from back to it is written and before that, evangelist. So of probably all the people I know in the Seventh Avenue Church, you've been there, Mark, for so many years as somebody to look up to. You, you help us when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to keeping us in a straight and narrow to the, to the Word of God. And uh, thank you for you and Taney for the great thank work you. that you do. And it's been a privilege working with you over the years. And the last couple of years, we've done a lot of programs together, right? A lot right? of programs. 44 programs, in fact, uh, just have finished this week, 13 new programs on the Three Angels Messages. Wow, and that's going to be coming out shortly, so we'll keep you all advised when that's happening. And then, of course, we have our own Pastor John Lomaking, a 3ABN World uh, Evangelism Director here today. And the pastor, it's good to have you. Always good to be here on a program of such gravity. Uh, there is uh, spiritual parallels to this, which we talked about. And uh, we want to also encourage those who are watching or listening right. Great. that so, uh, there's a better future than what we see right now. Ab- absolutely. Amen. Speaking of that, that's a good segue. We're here for a reason today. This is the first time in 35 years of ministry that I can look into the camera and say, we're going to be talking to you today about something that everybody in the world is talking about. I mean, that's a huge statement, isn't it? It is. Never been able to make that and and maybe not again until the second coming, (laughs) but at least, you know, today's the day. And Dan, we've asked you here for a reason. 
And we have some other guests that's coming in by Skype. Yes. Why don't you talk to our audience okay. at home and uh, tell us what tell them what this program is all about? Well, just a few weeks ago, if you heard the word Corona, you might have thought of a town about 45 minutes from where I live California. in Southern California, Corona, California. And maybe along the way, I saw a billboard that had some kind of a beer advertisement that said Corona beer. Oh. But all of a sudden, just a few weeks ago, the word coronavirus came into our uh, nomenclature. We started hearing that. And now that's what you're talking about, Danny, that everybody in the world is talking about coronavirus and specifically the COVID-19 variety of mm. a coronavirus. And today we have uh, two special guests that are joining us by Skype. One of them is Dr. Neil Nedley, who is the president of Weimar Institute in mm -hmm. California, a very um, uh, good friend and also someone who is very proficient in his medical work, someone who I deeply respect. Mm -hmm. And also Dr. Wes Youngberg from Temecula, California. Dr. Youngberg is a very good friend as well. Someone, Danny, who is uh, very into the epidemiology, the public health aspects mm -hmm. of this, in addition to the clinical aspects of it. And so they're joining us by Skype, and we'll be talking with them here momentarily in a few minutes. But first, um, you know, the word pestilence has been going around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Mark, um, tell us a little bit about what the Bible says about pestilence. Well, the Bible uses the term pestilence uh, 81 times. I was looking at this last night. It uses pestilence in a variety of ways. It uses pestilence in the general sense of a pestilence that comes upon a people or a nation because we're living in a broken world. We're living in a world of sickness and suffering and heartache and sorrow. So in one sense, the Bible uses the word pestilence in that way, the result of living in a world of sin. The Bible also uses the word pestilence in some instances in the idea of the judgments of God. The, the plagues on Egypt are called a pestilence at times. Um, when the Bible uses the term pestilence in the context of the judgment of God, it is often in God's permissive will. It's not that God necessarily causes pestilence at times, but it's rather that God withdraws his favor and the natural consequence comes in pestilence. There are times that the Bible uses the term pestilence in another way, and that is as a sign of the coming of Jesus. If you look, for example, at Luke chapter 21 and verse 11, the Bible says there'll be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilences, and there'll be fearful sights and great signs for heaven. And now the question then becomes, what about this current virus? Is this a sign that Jesus is coming next week or the week after? Not at all. What it does indicate is that we're living in a world of uncertainty. The signs that the Bible talks about in Matthew 24, Luke 21 are being fulfilled around us today. Do they precisely define a period of time that Christ is going to come? They do not. But what they do do is give you a scenario, a scenario that helps you to understand signposts on the way of Christ's coming. I think the greatest lesson we can learn, though, in these pestilences is life is very uncertain for mm -hmm. all of us. And if there ever is a time to make a full commitment to Christ, it's now. Mm -hmm. These signs indicate to us the need of every day of our life living a day of total dependence on God. Amen. You know, I was thinking, Dan, if you turn on the television or radio, news everywhere, people are 
basically looking at two ramifications of this, and they're looking at the yeah. physical, and yes. they're looking at the political. That's right. You know? But today, we want to look at, of course, the physical, but the spiritual. That's right. So thank you, Mark and Pastor John, and for our doctors that we have That's on right. today, because there's hope uh, in a world that, that seems like everything is, you know, when people are so confused, it's good to know that we serve a God that's big enough that he can solve any problem small enough to live within our hearts. Amen. And today that he has the answer and is the only answer for this world's problems today. John, a couple comments before we go to the doctors. Well, Habakkuk 2 brings another picture to this pandemic. Uh, when it began in December of 2019, there was no knowledge that it even existed. Uh, and I saw the parallel there too when sin had a beginning point, but then as it began to spread, sin affected all humanity. Uh, obviously, it began with a single person. Well, sin began with a single person. But the good news as we look at it today, right now the concern is that where is it affecting the world? How is the world being affected by it? Well, Habakkuk 2 says in verse 14, uh, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So right now we're looking at this spreading from neighborhood to community to continent. And now we look at a worldwide concern, now the pandemic. The good news that I'd like to communicate out of all of this is there's something that's going to spread and cover the world even larger than the pandemic. <laughs> and that is the three angels messages, yeah, that's right. the gospel to get the world ready. This is an indication of how near we are an uncertain world, as Pastor Mark Finley pointed out. So in the midst of all of this uncertainty, God already had a, uh, uh, an answer to the virus of sin, and that is his righteousness. So while people are filled with fear, the best is yet to come. Right. We'll talk about that as we go on. Good. So the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord more than the COVID virus. Mm -hmm. And that's the good news in the midst of bad news. Amen. Very good news. And I'm wondering, uh, Dr. Nedley, if we can ask you to respond to us, to our, to the viewers of 3ABN right now and tell us, we, I've, I've read some things that say this is a flu. I've read some other things in the media that say it's really not a flu. Would you describe for us what the COVID-19 coronavirus really is medically? Well, coronavirus uh, before, of course, that was known to physicians as a common cold. And so uh, the coronavirus, even today, this novel coronavirus, 80% of the time, it's just going to cause cold-like symptoms uh, or maybe no symptoms at all if you have a good immune system. Uh, if your immune system is compromised or it's not great, you are at high risk of developing a pneumonia with this COVID-19 coronavirus. And that pneumonia can occur in as much as 20% of individuals who contract it. And then a small percentage of those with pneumonia will go into what's called acute respiratory distress syndrome. That's where they need to be put on high pressured ventilation to try to save their life. And uh, some of those are dying. And so uh, this is the concern now. Coronavirus never caused pneumonia, it just caused cold before. But this COVID-19 variant um, is picking off individuals whose immune systems are compromised and um, causing that premature death. Okay. 
Now, I want to go over to Dr. Wes Youngberg now, because Dr. Youngberg, you and I have talked in the past about the, the pandemic, and Pastor John mentioned the pandemic element of this. This started back in January, or in December, actually, and in the epidemiology, the public health world, which is a part of the world that you live in, things go in uh, geometric proportions sometimes. Give us a little idea of where this has come from and where it might be going. Yes, Dan. Uh, we we were uh, we were warned back uh, in uh, on January the 31st, and the medical journal Lancet, uh, where the key authors from uh, University of Hong Kong, uh, Dr. Gabriel Leon, and uh, and other key faculty and medical professors that are are participating in the WHO collaborating research centers, they basically published way back on January the 31st. That, that this was going to go pandemic because of the, 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 the fact that it was just spreading so rapidly. The, the, the key issue, we still keep hearing uh, some of my own colleagues uh, that I respect greatly are still confusing this in terms of the severity with the flu. It is true that to date in the United States and even the world, more people have died from the seasonal flu than from COVID-19, but that is going to change. Uh, if we know anything about COVID-19 based on the, the mathematic modeling and the projections is that that will change definitively. The, the flu has a, what we call an r naught or an infectivity, a, a, a basic reproduction number of how many people, if I'm infected, I will end up infecting as well. The flu only has an R naught of 1.28 or 1.3, meaning if I'm infected with the flu, I'll end up infecting one in a third other person, and then that gradually spreads throughout society. The COVID-19 has an R naught of minimum of 2.2, which is dramatically elevated, uh, but some projections go up as high as 6.7. So this is very serious, and we need to take this very seriously. That's why the NBA uh, on, on March 11 canceled all games. Uh, that's why uh, Pioneer Memorial Church uh, as of, as of, today, as of uh, March 12 has canceled all uh, in-person church services. Everything is going live uh, in terms of online, like what we're doing right now. Uh, the the uh, state of Michigan has declared a, uh, a medical emergency and, and has basically told all educational institutions and, and, uh, and churches that they should not be meeting uh, in, in large groups. Uh, and, you know, we've been, we've been saying this for over six weeks in our presentations, Dan. Yes. And uh, just a lot of people haven't been listening to this. This is really, really serious. Our churches should not be meeting person to person right now. It should all be going live. Uh, pre if we don't make those decisions ourselves, the government is going to eventually make them for us. But in the meantime, if, if we don't make those decisions, uh, people are going to uh, get sick needlessly and many people will die needlessly. This is a very, very critical issue. And, and before I take questions, the, the, the Harvard and Los Alamos National Laboratory have been saying uh, for uh, since, since uh, late January, early to mid-February uh, that their mathematic modelers, which are the best epidemiologists in the world that understand how to project or forecast what is to come very accurately, 
they're saying that anywhere between 40% and 70% of the world's entire population will be infected, not just exposed, but actually infected. Now, as Dr. Nedley has been saying, uh, we know that uh, about 80%, maybe even 85% of people who get infected will either not know it and therefore be spreading it to other people, or they will get mildly sick, like kind of a normal or a mild to moderate flu symptoms, and then get over it. Uh, the problem is, is that they're infecting people. Okay, so back to the issue with the flu. The flu has a case fatality rate of 0.1%. It's very low. And even that low percentage accounts for anywhere between 3,000 and 60,000 or more deaths in the United States every year from the seasonal flu. Okay, so but we're, we should not confuse what, what is about to happen with this because with COVID-19, the, the case fatality rate at minimum is 1% which is Dr. Anthony Fauci said on March 11th, uh, it, it, that, that's 10 times more deadly than the flu. That's, a, that's minimum. That, that's the most conservative estimate possible. Other, other studies and reports are coming out that COVID-19 is, is at least 20 times more deadly. In other words, the case fatality rate is 20 times worse than the seasonal flu. Uh, and others, and once the hospital systems are no longer able to take care of patients, uh, that case fatality rate may may go up dramatically, uh, meaning it's about 50 times more deadly than the flu. So, so if if you've been kind of dismissive about the potential impact of COVID-19 in our country and in our personal lives, this is the time to act. This is the time to wake up. Just three weeks ago, I did a sermon on the on preparedness, a sermon that was entitled uh, Wellness Implications of, of the Parable of the Ten Virgins. The questions are, 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 we, are we part of the five foolish virgins or are we part of the five uh, wise virgins? Remember, all of them weren't really well prepared, but the ones that were wise were the ones that acted quickly and had some preparation before. Well, I think that um, obviously one aspect for me is preparation and trying to avoid getting it. Mm -hmm. Danny, I don't think you want this, do you? No, absolutely. You know, I don't think any of us would want that. So we want to try to keep from getting it. And I guess, Dr. Nedley, let me go to you next. Uh, what would you say to the people that are watching this and to us that we should do to try to prevent getting this disease? And then what we'll talk about after that would be once you get it, then what? And our, Because while it's good and they're saying people don't go to church or, you know, do go online, but we have all of our healthcare people. We have people in traveling so many places. We, we, many do not have that option. So That's right. I think what you're asking is for, if you're in that number and you've got to be there, what, what do you can do? we do That's right. to prevent or at least take the risk down tremendously? That's right. And then we'll talk in a minute about what to do in ministry. Yes. But Dr. Nedley. Yes. Some people are fearful, for instance, if they're on an airplane and one person is infected, the entire airplane is going down and, and going to get infected, or uh, all the passengers. That's actually not true. Uh, with the systems that we have in our aircraft, it's only those within a six-foot radius of the person that's infected. 
And so uh, this is why they're trying to uh, prevent uh, the gathering together in tight uh, spaces of an individual who is uh, infected. So that six foot radius is pretty clear. If you're not within six feet uh, and the person isn't actively you know, uh, coughing, um, you're going to be safe. But also a big way of transmission is through your hands. And uh, if uh, someone uh, coughs and it gets on a surface and then you touch that surface and you go to your mouth or your face, um, you're very likely to get infected. And so we recommend before you touch your mouth or your face um, that you wash your hands immediately before that or at least use hand sanitizer. It turns out the old-fashioned washing of the hands with soap and water is actually a little better than the hand sanitizer because the hand sanitizer can't get rid of the mucus that's surrounding that virus that might come from a cough as well. And so uh, the best method is just old-fashioned soap and water, washing your hands thoroughly. Uh, but if that's not around, uh, the hand sanitizer is the next uh, best thing. And uh, uh, even here at, uh, at Weimar Institute, uh, which by the way, Weimar has not closed down. We'll tell you why that's the case. Uh, Weimar is still uh, functioning and uh, will we'll continue to function um, as long as is practical or unless the government actually tells us uh, we can't. But Weimar is probably the safest place on planet Earth if you end up getting COVID-19 uh, to uh, recover from it. And so uh, this is uh, something we'll get into later. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, in the serving line, uh, we're having people at the end of the serving line uh, wash their hands uh, again uh, because they might touch some surfaces in that whole process of serving and just to uh, prevent um, uh, the spread. And so uh, it gets back into that water principle of new start. And of course, that was there in the Bible as well regarding um, the avoiding of, um, of contamination uh, through cleanliness and uh, washing as we get into, uh, as we put our hands towards where mucous membranes are at and where this can get into the cells of our body. Okay, uh, I want to share a little idea. You talk about the face. And Dr. Youngberg turned me on to this idea, and I want to show uh, something. This is a little bottle of uh, liquid iodine forte. It's a, and Dr. Youngberg, you can talk about this in a minute. But this, we've put a little sprayer on this bottle, and it has iodine, which, of course, is a, is a great uh, antiviral and stuff. But one of the things Dr. Youngberg taught me to do is just to spray this up in the air above me and let it come down on my face and then get into my eyes. You want some, Danny? Uh, just take some of yours. Make okay. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wes, talk about this aspect. This is kind of a unique little simple thing that can be done that helps prevent, like if you touch your face or you get it on your face, the simple use of iodine. Mm. In uh, 2009, Dr. David Derry, an MD, PhD, uh, who was uh, uh, passionate about uh, getting the word out that uh, iodine is one of the world's best antivirals and antimicrobials. Uh, uh, and many people who succumb to COVID-19 or any virus for that matter uh, also end up suffering bacterial infections as secondary infections. And so one of the nice things about iodine is that it actually is very broad spectrum and 
And bacteria or fungi don't have the opportunity to become resistant to iodine. Well, in 2009, he, uh, Dr. David Derry published a review article in the medical journal Thyroid Science that, especially, that basically highlighted how to use iodine uh, medically uh, to greatly mitigate the challenges with, with uh, uh, very deadly viruses and uh, the, the various you know, little, little epidemics and pandemics that we've had up to date. And of course, this is uh, this could very well be the biggest one, uh, uh, even more so than the Spanish flu. Some are, I believe, and I, I presently believe that it may actually end up being worse. Based on Los Alamos National Laboratory and others, it could very easily uh, lead to more deaths than even the Spanish flu epidemic of 1918 and 1919. So okay. the the iodine is uh, the the key is that there's different types of iodine. Okay, and so we're, we're using, what you're using right there, Dan, is a potassium iodide, uh, a very dilute uh, solution of 150 micrograms per drop. And so with every squirt of that, that you can either, either squirt up into your nostrils uh, or, or, uh, or use as, uh, into your lungs just by breathing it in, squirting it into your mouth and breathing it in, it helps kill viruses and it helps become a antiviral shield. Uh, and uh, but there's the com most common forms of iodine on the market are Lugol's two percent or sometimes five percent. You probably don't want to spray that uh, onto your eyes or yeah. or uh, it's 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 because it's much more irritating. So it, you have to use a dilute form for the purposes that you just demonstrated. But Dr. David Derry also called for increasing the dose of regular iodine and potassium iodide combinations uh, found in Lugol's, for instance, uh, as, a, as a protection uh, against viruses. Of course, uh, Dr. Nedley and others have been, have been talking about other very valuable strategies, including zinc lozenges and other ways to optimize the immune system, but primarily Primarily, the issues have to do with the lifestyle medicine strategies, the eight natural remedies, uh, the, the, the information that we have learned over, over the past century from the amazing book called Ministry of Healing. That's what gave me the passion to become a lifestyle medicine doctor, is reading the works of Ellen White and, and, and uh, the health message of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is designed to spread to the world to decrease morbidity and mortality, to decrease sickness and to decrease the death rate. I want to follow up. Uh, you kind of made a nice little transition. You mentioned um, Spanish flu there, uh, Dr. Youngberg. And I was thinking about uh, the situation that took place in Minnesota. And Dr. Nedley, it makes me think of Weimar when I look at this. But in 1918, I have in my hand a copy of the Northern Union Reaper, which was the Adventist Union paper back in 1918, right in the heart of the Spanish flu. There's a fascinating story here that uh, actually Dr. Youngberg brought to my attention uh, several weeks ago, where we had a group of 120 individuals that were part of the Scandinavian seminary training. We were training pastors in uh, just west of Minneapolis, Minnesota, a place where today we actually have um, Maplewood Academy on that same grounds. They had a large five-story building with 120 people living, eating, and uh, going to school in this one building. And uh, 90 of those 
120 people got the Spanish flu. Mm. But the beautiful thing, this article talks about Dr. Frederick Shepard, the health officer for the Hutchinson City, reported in the newspaper, which was reprinted in the Adventist paper, that not one single person died of the Spanish flu. Hmm. They, that was before there was penicillin, before there was antibiotics. Uh, it was before all those things. But Dr. H.E. Larson, who was a graduate physician that obviously knew how to use natural remedies, treated all 90 of those with a staff of people that were there, hmm. and not one person died, and they were taking note of this. Hmm. So I'm thinking, how would, Dr. Nedley, how would we utilize the eight natural remedies for someone who actually gets this? Well, and that's a very good question because if what Dr. Youngberg said is correct, that 40 to 70% of humanity is going to end up getting this COVID-19, which actually could be true because this is why no political organization can stop its spread. Uh, we can't really quarantine this thing to the point where it won't uh, spread because unlike Ebola and SARS, where virtually everybody got sick, when you have 80% of people not getting sick or very little sickness, in other words, they're not going to seek care, those people are going to go out and infect others. And by the way, that's why the flu can't be completely contained either, because a lot of people have healthy immune systems and they get the flu, but they develop zero symptoms and they think they haven't had it, but their immune system fought it off. And so this is where New START principles become uh, very important because New START actually is a great immune uh, booster and one that can actually put us into this 80% category instead of the 20% that get really sick. And I think that's what was happening there in, in Hutchinson is that so many people were getting very sick with the Spanish flu and these people didn't get very sick. So let's go through that acronym a little bit. Um, the N is nutrition. We wanna have good antioxidants. Uh, antioxidants are great for the immune system and uh, the top five antioxidant vegetables are broccoli, Brussels sprouts, spinach, kale, garlic is number one, and garlic actually has antiviral properties. We also want to have the antioxidant fruits. Those are your berries primarily. Plums are the whole fruit that's not a berry that has the highest antioxidants, and those uh, you know, plums are pretty inexpensive. Uh, and then we also want to avoid sugar. Uh, and have sugar out of our diet as well as um, free oils. And then there may be some additional things. If you happen to mess up and put something uh, towards your face or mouth before washing your hands, that would be the time for the zinc lozenge because zinc actually stops the replication of this virus on contact. And so those zinc lozenges can come in. And then N-acetylcysteine which is something that really boosts our immune system, very inexpensive. There was a nice randomized controlled trial showing that uh, three out of four people that were taking NAC developed zero symptoms of the flu. Uh, <clears throat> and that uh, was a randomized controlled trial. And those not taking NAC, the vast majority of them developed symptoms. And because of the similarities here, we think the NAC will also be very immune enhancing um, to uh, anyone even with the COVID-19 virus. Exercise, aerobic exercise, outdoors. Don't, you know, a lot of people think they need to stay indoors with this thing. 
Uh, there's virtually no transmission outside, and particularly when we're exercising in the open air, uh, this is a very safe environment uh, to be in, and it will boost our immune system. In regards to water, hydrotherapy, this is what they used in the, in the seminary, was hydrotherapy. And contrast um, therapy, where you do the hot and the cold, and the fomentations can be very immune enhancing, and uh, it can also be used as a treatment. This is why at Weimar, where we're set up for this hydrotherapy sort of thing, uh, this could be a great place for people that are suffering some of the more severe complications of COVID-19. Uh, sunlight, of course, is antiviral, and it helps our vitamin D levels, which help our immune system. That's the S in New Start. T is temperance. If we're using alcohol, and this is why it's probably good they suspended the NBA, because you have thousands of people badly in need of exercise, watching about 10 people badly in need of rest. Uh, but those people <laughs> badly in need of exercise are also drinking. And when you have alcohol on board at the time you get this virus, it, it replicates it rapidly, and it, it does suppress the immune system. Uh, and then you have uh, the fresh air, of course, which will be very helpful, adequate rest. We know that sleep is very important for the immune system in getting that adequate rest. And then that final T is also important. Those who trust in God and don't panic actually are going to have a better immune system. So we don't want this pandemic to be a panic-demic. We want it to be one that we can uh, trust uh, God, that he will do what's best for us and also help us by his grace to follow these consistent New Start principles in our life. And I don't think we really need to worry about it if we're doing those things and if we're healthy. I want to go to uh, Pastor Finley for a moment. Um, Dr. Youngberg kind of gave a nice transition to trust mm -hmm. and the spiritual elements. If someone is watching this and they're thinking, oh, no, I don't want to get this. Uh oh, what if I do? And we know that maybe almost everyone will. Where is the spiritual element of this, Pastor Finley? If we live our lives in fear, worry and anxiety, it does break down the immune system and we are more likely to get sick. Mm -hmm. God leads us to have a trust and a confidence in Him. That does not mean that we'll never get sick, but what it does mean is that it increases our possibility of being well. I love the way it's put here in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 43, it tells us how precious we are to God. And it says, Isaiah 43, 1, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by, my, by your name. You are mine. So God says to us, don't live your life in fear. Don't live your life in worry. Don't live your life in anxiety. Certainly, we ought to be prudent. Certainly, we ought to take every precaution, as our doctors have told us, to wash our hands, to use some of those iodine sprays if necessary, to definitely get the best diet and get adequate exercise and rest. But in harmony with that, our mental attitude is one of trust. In the book of Isaiah, it talks about how God himself is our protector. But when you come over to the book of Psalms, in the 91st Psalm, it talks about the increase of pestilences like this that are going to take place in the last days of Earth's history. 
and it says, talking about those pestilences, it says, surely he, that is God, shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Then down in verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. And then it talks about God giving his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. I think that as Christians, the way I view life is this. We are in a world of good and evil, a world where even good people get sick, but our hearts and minds can totally trust God knowing that his purposes for us and his intention for us is only good. Even if I get sick, I trust him to get me through it. So it's a matter in my understanding when sickness is all around you to do the best you can to keep well, but if for some reason you cannot control, you actually get sick, to trust God that he's going to get you through. Amen. Pastor John? You know, the impact of this is something that people are doing almost naturally. I heard just recently on the news, and it's on all networks, uh, people are self quarantining themselves. They figure it's better to take a precaution than expose what I have to someone else. And uh, Pastor Finley, uh, that brought me to the verse which says, examine yourself. Uh, In light of the conditions that exist in the world, we know that this is a synonymous uh, parody to sin. What affects me affects someone else. Uh, And I think we've heard this before. You may have even mentioned it in your preaching. If what you had infected someone else, would it better their lives or make their lives worse? And I think this is where our attitude in this difficult time is so vitally important. I've said so many times, if we can't communicate trust and faith in a troublesome time, then people might say, well, uh, what about your God? Uh, Look at Daniel's attitude when people had worse, had uh, fears about his, his future. Well, Daniel said, the God that I serve is able to deliver. Uh, The Hebrews said the very same thing. Uh, We are not going to uh, be fearful about the atmosphere that surrounds us because the God who we serve is able to deliver. And that's why Peter said, casting all your care on him Mm -hmm. because he cares for you. Mm -hmm. So we've taken the common sense precautions. Uh, If you're sneezing, well, be mindful of people around you. Uh, Sneeze in your elbow. Uh, cover your mouth. But if you do sneeze in your hand, wash your hands. And soap and water, I like the fact that soap and water, you don't have to go buy it. It's in every household. Uh, But I also heard, maybe some of the doctors could convey this and clear this up. Someone also said the the overuse of hand sanitizers could actually not be a very good thing. Maybe that's a question that we might be able to ask because so many people are buying hand sanitizers. And then also, secondly, there's a certain level of alcohol that's needed rather than the perfumey type that smells like strawberries or grape, uh, should we look out for those types of things and which kind of hand sanitizer will be best and at what, uh, what level, how much should we use? That's a good question. Uh, Dr. Dr. Youngberg, would you like to answer that question about the hand sanitizer? Well, as Dr. Nedley just pointed out, uh, the, the, the key is washing hands with soap and water and then using hand sanitizers as a secondary option when, when you can't easily wash your hands. Uh, I, personally, I personally have a little bottle of this liquid iodine and I just spray it. I spray it right on my hands and that becomes, 
uh, my simple uh, hand sanitizer, and I can wipe it on my face as well. So the um, the right now I'm I'm a little bit less concerned about using too much hand sanitizer. I, I'm more concerned about people not paying attention to sanitation properly. Okay, thank you, uh, Pastor Mark. The the General Conference, of course, Seventh Avenue Church, we're a, a global church and have millions, 20 plus million members around the world. This summer, even we're looking at having our general conference session where hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even million plus, would be coming to Indianapolis. Can you tell us anything about that? And then also about how are we as a church, because while we're hearing that, you know, we're having to stop many things, what are we doing as a church to make sure we're still going forward taking the gospel to the world? That's a great question, Danny. Thank you so much. The Seventh Avenue Church leadership is certainly extremely conscious of what's happening, cognizant of what's happening. And our leadership is, is praying, is seeking God. No decisions have been made at this point regarding the general conference session. You know, you may hear a rumor that it's canceled or something. Mm -hmm. That's just not true. Okay. At this point, at the yes. point we're taping this television program mm -hmm. in March, the General Conference is looking to our health department, Dr. Peter Landless, who is very much up with the CDC and the health authorities. We are looking at the development of this virus. How is it going to develop? If it develops in the way that some people think, we will need to make some very serious decisions. Mm -hmm. The General Conference session represents the entire world. And so we have to be asking the question, if indeed there are major issues with travel, with visas, with visas, at what point do you make the decision, say this no longer represents the world? Also, if you bring that many people together, mm -hmm. how does that indeed indicate the, to infecting other people? So we want to take every single thing into consideration. At this point, we're looking at every one of these issues. Contingency plans are being developed, but no specific decision has been made as this program is being taped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as a church is concerned, we look at this coronavirus through the eyes of compassion. Hmm. We've talked about prevention. We've talked about trusting God. But what about our responsibility to minister to people that have this virus, and the virus has become a severe impairment to their health. We as a church believe that we do not run from sickness, we run to people that are sick. Mm. And I'm reminded of a new book that's came out, come out by an author by the name of Starkey. He wrote the book on early Christianity, and he tells the story of the second and third centuries when one of the worst plagues ever to hit humanity was killing tens of thousands and hundreds of people. And he goes back and looks at second and third century documents which indicate that the pagans abandoned their sick and actually put them in the streets. And mm. Christians went into the streets, ministered to them, sometimes getting the influenza themselves mm. and dying. Mm. And Starkey says that one of the great reasons Christianity grew was not only the preaching of the gospel, but it was the living of the gospel. Mm. 
Mm. It was this self-sacrificial ministry to the, to the disadvantaged, to the sick. One of the things that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is doing today is looking at how we can proclaim the gospel not only in our lips, but what blessing can we be to society? Mm-hmm. What healing remedies can we bring to society? How can our health message benefit society? How can these simple things like hydrotherapy bless others? How can we share the message of this new start or creation health or celebration, whatever you want to call it? How can we share the message of these eight natural remedies of wellness with the larger community so they can help to have strong immune systems? That is a role for Adventists to play where we can light the world with the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And you know, Danny, it seems like to me that especially with the news reports that perhaps the supply chain mm-hmm. for medications mm-hmm. may be interrupted in this process, mm-hmm. that's going to put even more of an emphasis on the um, natural remedies. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's going to make it really important. And we have, m- maybe we need to get kind of retooled mm-hmm. and know how to give a fomentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, know how to care in those situations. And so to me, there's three things. Number one, I want to try to avoid getting this if I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then if I get it, I want to make common sense decisions on how I'm going to relate to whether I go out, whether I stay in, mm-hmm. and I think I know I'm going to stay in. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, if others have mm-hmm. it and they need my help, mm-hmm. then I want to help them. Mm-hmm. Those three mm-hmm. things. Dan, I think, too, that there are two great pitfalls that as individuals we ought to avoid and the church ought to avoid. One is ignoring what's happening. One is saying, well, this is just going to pass. I'm not worried about it. And I think that really contributes to what you've just said. We don't live in panic, but we don't overreact either. That's right. We don't ignore this situation. We take common sense principles, to be on the very best diet, to get adequate exercise, to build our immune system, to wash our hands, to watch it when we sneeze and try to sneeze into our elbows. And to, and to avoid the large crowds yeah, and yeah, sure. be a little bit more isolated. These things. You know, when it comes to church, I think that's a decision that every pastor has to make with his congregation. It's a decision that may be made for us by government entities, mm-hmm. but it's a decision, I think, that's a, one that um, we need to cautiously make. But the one idea is people ignore it. The other is they overreact. So you got those two extremes. Mm. We want to take a measured, prayerful, common sense approach to the problem as we move ahead. Steady at the controls. Mm-hmm. I think Steady. it's amazing with the medical science where we are today and the things that's going to be happening should the Lord tarry in the next 10 years that we're reading about that we find ourselves going back to Sister Ellen White. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and the health message God gave her. Hot and, and cold. Isn't it? The, the simple things yes. to do this. But I also want to talk for just a moment, focus on the mission. And, and, and the mission as a church, as people, as Christians of whatever denomination you are. For instance, uh, Dan and Karen are here. Mark Finley, neither live in Southern Illinois. Don't have to tell those of you know that from California, from D.C. area, but you decided it's worth the risk to come here. Now, common sense would say, maybe on the secular level, 
I'm not, are you kidding? Travel all the way to Southern Illinois and go down and, and do all this. But the heart for Jesus and the love for Jesus and love for people and compassion as you brought out says, you know what? We're going to go ahead and do this. Now, when I get home, I may isolate myself for a while, but I just want to say to our viewers and for all of us here, thank you for being willing to be here to do what you're doing. Mark, you're doing this, Pastor Mark, on the series on the three angels' messages. You could have opted and said, you know, I think I'll just stay home. But you're driven by the Holy Spirit, by the Lord to say, you know, I can't live in fear. You said that earlier. You know, I'm going to trust God. So you've the things that he's been telling us, you're living in your own life. That's what I noticed here. You're living by those same principles mm -hmm. to trust the Lord and to go forward and do. So common sense, cleanliness, and being driven by the mission that Jesus says, go ye into all the world. Now for the churches and pastors and all the people who say, we are not like Pioneer that was said earlier, guess what? You can watch through ABN. You can stream it online. You can do it on your computers download the 3ABN app on your phones, just turn on the 3ABN, whether it's Dish Network, whether it's Roku, our cable stations around the world. So for many of you, and there's other networks, of course, also, but for many who can't get out or decide not to, look at the technology that God has given us that's, that's sitting anywhere in the world, and no matter how isolated we are, right. that we have the opportunities that we can literally continue to take in the gospel, but more importantly than just taking it in, is taking it in and then taking it out, giving this message to the world. So thank you for what you're doing and Karen and for what you're doing, Pastor John. You just got back from Tobago and you know, Trinidad and so you didn't hesitate to go. You said, hey, the Lord wants me there and so you, so you did it. So there are people who go forward. Does that mean that God's protection? Tell me about that for just a moment. We only have a minute left here or yeah. two, a couple, but tell sure. me about the people who go forward. I think I heard you say something earlier. It doesn't mean that because you go forward in the name of the Lord that you can't contract something like this or bad things happen to you. But when they do, tell us what's, what's the remedy here. God is with you. When we right. unselfishly serve and give our lives to self-sacrificial service, Christ is with us. You know, there's a statement here that I wanted to read and then I wanted to make a simple appeal to somebody that's watching this broadcast. Why does God allow these things? God does not cause them. God is not the originator of them. Mm -hmm. But there's a statement in 19 manuscript releases, page 279 by Ellen White, where she says, God has a purpose in permitting these calamities to occur they are one of his means of calling men and women to their senses. Mm. What does this virus do? When we see it spreading so rapidly, it calls us to our senses. This world is not all that there is. Christ is speaking to you and to me. Mm -hmm. Our lives are fragile. Every single one of us live in these fragile earthen bodies. But beyond what is, there is something yet coming. Amen. And that is the glory of Christ. There is something worth living for beyond this life, and that's Jesus Christ, allowing him to fill our hearts, to take away our fears, to strengthen us, and to prepare us for his soon return. Amen. Boy, that is beautiful. 
what we're going to do, we're going to go to a news break and uh, then we're going to come back for a closing thought. Welcome back. And uh, Dan, I can't believe that say, they say time flies when you're having fun. It just this, this has been by. an informative, a great program. And I just appreciate you and, and uh, our guest, everybody, for being here today. And uh, maybe you could just give us some closing thoughts. Okay, I'd love to do that. First of all, I want to thank Dr. Wes Youngberg and, mm -hmm. and, and Dr. Neil Nedley for joining yes. us. And they could have said a lot more than they had a chance to say, obviously, because there's a lot of, of, of additional ideas that could happen. Maybe mm -hmm. another one of these programs mm -hmm. we can do sometime, Danny. But mm -hmm. from a practical standpoint, I always like to make things real. How does it come down to what, where I live? Mm -hmm. And I know in our church in Fallbrook, California, we have suspended our potlucks because we don't want things being passed around on hands because you heard what Dr. Nedley said. We've also taken our offering buckets and we've had one of our um, woodworkers in the church make long handles. And so instead of everybody having to take the plate and pass it along, the deacon can just go up and down each, each row and get the offering. Mm -hmm. children's, you know, children's offerings uh, not happening. And those who are not able to attend church because of, of maybe some complicated situations, they're able to watch an online stream mm -hmm. or tie into 3ABN mm -hmm. or something. And we're encouraging that for safety. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're saying we're not going to run from this thing. Yeah. We're going to try to face it straight on. And if we get it, be responsible and make good decisions about how we treat ourselves and how we are concerned for others. Mm -hmm. And then look for opportunities. How can we actually serve other people? Maybe I'll learn how to give a hot and cold fomentation, okay. you know, and I hope somebody else will do that if I need it. Mm -hmm. You know, those kinds of things will be very practical. And uh, I've, I've never done this before on the air, but if I don't, we're going to get probably 10,000 okay. emails saying, where do I get that iodine? I know there are a number of places. Okay. Can I ask you where you got okay. yours? Sure, I will. The spray on it. The, the, what we did is I actually, you can get this on Amazon.com. It's Liquid Iodine Forte by Biotics Research. You just go to Amazon.com, and it comes with a little dropper. And then you can also buy a little empty bottle on Amazon that has this little sprayer on top. And you simply okay. take, the, take that out, and you put that in, and you've got this little sprayer that you can use like uh, I demonstrated and like Dr. Yeah. Youngberg did as well. Mm -hmm. Simple Love it. And, and works really, really well. Thank you. Um, that just saved us a lot of, a lot of work here. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I just uh, am grateful that uh, we've had opportunity to do this. Uh, we were here with Pastor Mark for the Three Angels message program called Three Cosmic Messages. Thrilled to see that coming soon. Wonderful. And we're just grateful to be a part of God's uh, work and plan. Thank you for inviting us, Danny. And thank you. And thank you, Pastor Mark, Brother John, for being here today. And for those of you at home, uh, again, we just want to thank you for your love and your prayers and financial support of Three Angels Broadcasting Network as we endeavor, as we said earlier, to take this great gospel of the kingdom into all the world. We couldn't do it without you. Our time is all gone for today. Until we see you next time, may the Lord richly bless you abundantly more than you could ever ask or think. <laughs>